This episode is brought to you by Lightstream. Lightstream is the nation's premier online consumer lender. They offer fixed rate loans from $5,000 to $100,000 for practically any purpose. We thank them for making our show a possibility. A lesbian. Black queer human being. We are two gay dads. I am a transgender man. Trans woman. Bisexual, non-binary, single parent by choice. Can I ever have nice things? I just want <laughs> nice things. <laughs> he just got spit up on. <laughs> oh my God. Hi, E. Hey, Jay. We're having a messy, a messy afternoon, but ooh, how are you, Jay? Uh, e? I just called you Jay. <laughs> you just called me Jay. <laughs> I know my name. I am relieved that the event that I had this past weekend is over. Planning an event of that scale in such a short period of time, I will probably try to not do ever again in life, but it was successful and it was fun. But I am not, I thank God I have people who are event planners because I would just sit out a bowl of chips and, you know, some folding <laughs> chairs and go that. for it. Event parties are, are no joke. Yeah. That's why we haven't had one <laughs> for ovaries one of these days we're gonna have a huge party yeah we will have a 200th episode party Ooh, where we bring yes. everybody every past guest in we're gonna have to rent out a whole hall wow <laughs> oh my god dogs. dogs 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 are coming dogs are dogs are barking it's so just a day it is a day but Ooh. it is trans day of remembrance as well as you all know we record these in advance and so yesterday, which was November 20th to us, um, was Trans Day of Remembrance. And we all woke up that morning to the news that there was another shooting at a gay bar, which is heartbreaking. Like, what a shitty thing to wake up to. Yeah. I keep thinking of the fact that we are a country in support of so many guns. When people have guns, you shoot guns, right? You shoot guns at people you don't like, people you don't support, you know, causes you don't like, you don't support. If you don't have a gun, then the likelihood of you deciding to fight somebody, at least a fight, a fair fist fight, we got a chance. But once you pull out that gun, I'm not fist, I'm not fist fighting I mean, not anyone. Me. I would if it was like somebody I'm not saying, hey, doing any of this stuff. I'm not doing a duel. Like, you know, at least yeah. even a duel would be more fair to me because it's like back to back, 10 paces, turn and shoot. But <laughs> I'm not doing that either. I don't want to do any of I'm that. not saying for you and I, but I'm saying, uh, how do you go, and how do you get safe again going into our spaces, which are already hard to, oh, I'm going to cry, which are already yeah. hard to find. Supposed to be safe places. Yeah. And, and now you have to be afraid that you're going to get shot when you go. It's crazy. Uh, it's fucking crazy. It and is. it was Trans Day of Remembrance. And they were supposed to host that morning, uh, like at all ages drag brunch, uh, you know, the kids would be at. And like, just to think that really, like, don't fuck with us, man. Stop. Don't fuck with <laughs> it's us. so sad. It was also my son's birthday. So we woke up. It was so exciting because it's his fifth birthday. Oh, we fine. had decorations. Yeah. Yay. But then that was a real, that put a huge damper on the day. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like shit. Orion is five, though. Yeah. I know. Which also means this little podcast is five years old because it we launched it right before he was born. So that's how we gauge how old this podcast is <laughs> by Orion's age. But we usually, as you know, on social media, post a little like precursor of what our tomorrow's episode is going to be, the new episode on. We do it on the Sunday before the episode. And I just couldn't get myself to post it because I just felt like 
I didn't know what to do. I was just paralyzed. And nothing went up on our social media until really later that light. I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I'm just, it's like, what do, you, what do we do? It's so sad. I, mean, I don't want this to be just a sad intro to a really awesome episode. But it's a good but, question. What do yeah. we do? I was what in a, do we do? a reading. My friend um, Peter Macklin wrote a fabulous play called Bullethead. And I was at a reading of it. And it talked about this guy uh, who was the head, of, who changed the face of the NRA because the NRA used to be about hunting and sportsmanship right. and bullseyeing or aiming, targeting. That was the you game. know so much I about don't... you know so much about shooting guns. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Harlan Carter, Harlan Carter, and it mm-hmm. just it was it's a brilliant play. I hope he gets to get it fully produced, but it just it's a sinking feeling. It's a sinking feeling because the majority of this country is preparing for war, civil war, again. And I feel that our side, the liberals, the queers, the right side, but not called the right side, we're called the left side. side. Yeah, but... um, The better side. Well, yeah, but we're not understanding what's what's about to happen. Everything makes me emotional now. Maybe it's... It's... Well, it's just, it's been an emotional couple of days, but we wanted to just light that up. My my wife doesn't realize when I say I'm recording that, that she has to actually be quiet. Well, why would she? You're in that sprawling mansion in the, in oh, the heart of sprawling New York, mansion. Uh, New York Hilarious. City. Oh my God. It happens every time she's off this week. But um, okay. So we need to move forward because I can't wait to introduce our oh guest, yes. Kiera Johnson. Yes. Before we do that, we just, you, you all know that not everything makes it off the cutting room floor when it comes to these intros and outros and the episodes. And so on Patreon, we've decided to release video of our entire intros, as well as we have video episodes of most episodes that are dropped a day early. Mm. Um, And if you have a little extra cash lying around, you might want to join our Patreon. I've got various tiers starting at just two bucks a month, and you're going to do a good thing and get bonus content. So if you're if you're looking to support a little queer podcast, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash ovaries talk to join our Patreon. We'd love it. We'd love it if you We'd did. Love There's that. some fun I mean, stuff over there. Yeah, especially if you're listening to us all the time. I mean, you know. I mean, really. It's the okay, holiday listen, season. But It is the holiday season. It's time for giving. And speaking of giving, <laughs> Kiara Johnson. You like that segue? Oh, Kiara. You like that segue? Oh, so good. Okay, so Kiara Johnson is the executive director of the LGBTQ task force. And Kiara joined us to talk about where the LGBTQ community stands when it comes to the recent midterm elections. I mean, we're going to have to bring Kiara back to talk about mm. the thing that just happened, right? Oh, we're just going to yeah. have to keep Kiara coming in. I would love I want to know what Kiara thinks about this. But um, she also, this is this is the part I wasn't expecting. She has a wild family building journey. Mm-hmm. We had so much fun. So much fun. Let's not give it away, but Kiara's family journey is amazing it and was you're gonna have such time. a fun time listening to the story absolutely. we love kiara absolutely Kiera's my new best friend she doesn't know it yet <laughs> she but she's my it. new best friend no she's never gonna know it unless she listens to this episode she's gonna listen she's, she's totally she's gonna learn that she has a new best friend uh yeah. i hear them yeah wait a second oh, oh god here comes our fake assistant oh my god i'm ready to do it i don't know why she totally i'm talking okay <laughs> Helen and Beulah, please roll the tape. Oh, Lord. You got to okay, stop smoking, Helen. Eh. Okay. Roll. Oh, dear. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. 
Hi, Kiara. Hello, how are you? Hi. OMG, we have Kiara Johnson from the LGBTQ Task Force here. We have been alluding to this interview for weeks. We've been talking about it. We've all been scared. All us queer folks have been shaking in our boots about the upcoming elections. And we have Kiara here to set us straight and let us know how things not are going. Not really straight. Not straight. Oh, that. why did I say We're straight? Not, whoa, whoa. <laughs> to set us queer. Kiara is here to set us queer. Ooh. <laughs> Before we say anything else about you, Kiara, and butcher who you are, why don't we pass it over to you? Give us your 30-second elevator pitch of who you are and why you are here. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Kiara Johnson, I'm the executive director of the National LGBTQ Task Force. I um, just became the ED a little over a year ago and we are about to turn 50 years old next year. Um, We are an advocacy organization, the oldest advocacy, advocacy activist organization in the nation. And we focus on furthering the civil and human rights of LGBTQ people across the nation with a focus on strengthening our democracy, moving a a progressive faith agenda, and really focusing at the intersection of issues where LGBTQ plus people often are invisibilized. And I am coming to you from DC. Oh. Yes, (laughs) welcome, welcome, welcome. We are beyond excited. We are, and I'm also like, I'm like shaking a little bit to interview you because I feel like we're in the presence of like a really super smart, and powerful individual. And I said to Kara earlier, I said, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a celebrity. So this is a big right? deal. This is a big it deal. Oh, I should take off my glasses. Y'all gonna make me blush. <laughs> uh, I'm a black girl blush. Yes, black girl blush. <laughs> so yes. not, only, not only do you do all of this amazing work to further the LGBTQ everything in the world, and I say that so smartly, um, you also have a family and we're going to get into your family story lately, later, but I think that we should just delve right into the election, election results, what it means for us, what's, ha- ha- what's happening, Kara, walk us through the shit. Help us out. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the big headline is that there was not a red wave of victories, right? There was not yes. this red tsunami across the country that wiped us out. And I think- yes. That was a lot of the anxiety we were feeling was that, oh, mm-hmm. God, like this is we're about to get demolished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we weren't. We we saw victories across the United States, um, you know, Massachusetts and Colorado, I mean, New York, right? We, New York. Yes, yes. Yes. And so it's important that. We celebrate those victories, right? We we celebrate what it meant during a midterm election to see women of color, to mm-hmm. see LGBTQ folks, um, to see young people really mm. show up in in many cases across many states in unprecedented numbers. And and that um, I I fundamentally believe that's why we saw the wins that we did see. Mm, yeah, I, I read that it was like a land, like so many young folks really showed up and brought themselves to this election. And like, do you think that partly that's because of the Roe v. Wade thing that just happened? Do you think that people really just kind of woke up and rose up because of that? I think that was the straw. I think mm. more and more people have been paying attention and mm-hmm. seeing the different ways in which 
frankly, extremism, fascism is taking root in our in our country. I think when people think fascism, they think countries and histories past, right? Like mm-hmm. they think mm-hmm. Germany, they think Russia, right. they think these places. Um, but the, but it is it's taken hold in this country as well. And and Roe mm-hmm. v. Wade, the overturning um, of Roe or the Dobbs decision. I think it it pulled the pulled the covers back for a lot of people. Mm. But, you know, it's also a lot of community folks have been saying this right when we mm. look across the last year, the number of anti-trans uh, bills that have mm. popped up in state legislatures, the so-called um, uh, critical race theory and banning of information and books about the histories of women and people of color in this country. like. These things are all related, not to mention the curbing of voting rights. These are mm. this is a this is a, a multi-front attack, right, on our liberation and on our ability to participate and take ownership of our own democracy. And I think the Dobbs decision lit it on fire. I don't Absolutely. think anybody thought that that was even possible. And when they saw mm-hmm. that, they realized everything could be on the chopping block. Mm. And the backlash of that action, because abortion rights and women's rights are not party issues. Just as many Republicans as Democrats get abortion. Let's be real. So let's really be real. And the family planning that is it. You take away people's like, I don't even get me started, but I'm not looking to be pregnified. Pregnified. Ooh, I love that yes, yeah. I'm not looking to be pregnified or to abort a pregnification. <laughs> Howsoever, <laughs> I I am deeply concerned because I have friends and sons. Uh, well, one son. But can I ask you a question? Sure. My theory about all of this is that the white patriarchy is terrified because the numbers are changing in our country. And once the numbers fully change and the majority changes, they're afraid because there's a sense of retaliation might happen. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but you know, it, it seems like, it just seems like a fear when you've stolen a country and you've raped a people and you've enslaved a people right. at some point you are always thinking when are these people gonna rise up and get us back right now is that some of this i think that's real i, I think you bring up a really good point because oftentimes we forget how the pendulum swings right mm-hmm. and that reactiveness right like the, this this um rise in white supremacy this rise in extremism this rise in magification, if you will, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is in direct response to our progress. Right. So I I think you're hitting on something really um, it's it's palpable. Right. We're feeling it. I mean, not just the the demographic changes in the country. Right. The reality is, is that the 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 minority is becoming the majority. And in some cases we already have. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And we are making progress you know we've made progress around women in the workplace we've made progress around um uh, passing non-discrimination right like we've made progress around lgbtq plus liberation and for some many unfortunately white folks that that is a threat 
there's not room for all of us to be whole, right? Mm. Somehow, if we get to live as whole people, if we have our whole humanity affirmed, then they're losing, right, their ability to, to, to live and thrive. And I, and I think that's scary because when people feel threatened- I would be scared. Yes, when you yes. feel threatened, right? Flight, what is it? You, flight, fight, freeze. Fight or freeze, yeah. We're, they're fighting. Because I, I've taught before and I taught a creative writing class at the beginning of the pandemic. And one of the questions I posed to my students at the time was, if you were in the majority, and you have for 400 years had majority influence rule and control and could put your people in the places and take care of people who look like you exclusively, would you voluntarily give that up? And you know what? Right. I gotta tell you, my kids are amazing. I was working in Newark, shout out to Newark, New Jersey kids. They were amazing. They were like, uh, they were like, E, I would never, like, why would I? And I was like, but you got to help other people, right? Yeah, they'd help them a little bit. So I just think we need to tap into the truth of who we are as humans. And as humans, every group is afraid of losing a hold on something that has made their life a bit better. Yeah. And if we look at history, history has shown us that we don't kumbaya our way into massive change. Correct. Not in this country, nowhere. We fight our way into change. So how do we avoid that, Kiara? Can you, do you have to? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think we, we avoid it. I think we're in it. I think part mm. of what you're saying is name the thing, right? And, and part yeah. of it is we have to have perspective, right? Like you said, no expansion of civil and human rights in this country was given out of the goodness of anybody's heart, right? There were Preach. full on fights and People were in jail, people died, people were displaced. And that is scary. And, and people, people didn't know for two to four years that they were free. <laughs> like, and people are, are on the front lines of that and experiencing those things even now. I mean, mm, the body mm -hmm. count of black folks, trans, right? Black men, trans women, the body counts are growing, right? This whole, you know, and they're school not to publicized prison. like they should no. be. And school to prison pipeline, right? Like that's a frontline issue that's not that's not separate but part and partial to the fight that we're in right now and so mm -hmm. even with the progress right we've got to hold the both and mm -hmm. yes we are progressing and as we progress the stakes get higher right and those who are threatened by that are going to fight harder right mm -hmm. which means mm -hmm. our work isn't done because we not only have to hold what is now the new status quo, we've got mm. to keep our eye on the prize for, for what we need next, right? Mm. As it comes to liberation and equity. It's so exhausting. Right. When you think about it, it's just exhausting. And, and you can get to a place where you're just, it, it feels like such an insurmountable mountain to get to, but you just can't give up. Yeah. Well, and it's not all hours to solve. Right. Right. Like it's, right. it is, never ending. It is mm -hmm. insurmountable in any one lifetime. But if we think mm -hmm. about what am I going to do between now and the next election, let's not wor mm -hmm. worry about the lifetime. Mm -hmm. If we can get clear and get focused, get strategic, get inspired, right? To, to be in it between now and the next election, what can mm -hmm. we do that then sets us up for the mm -hmm. next, right? For the next group right. of people who come in, the next generation, right. the next, you know, cadre of inspired badasses who are going to take the baton. We and don't have coming. to solve it. 
we don't have to solve it. We have a responsibility to to pay it forward and keep it going. Yes. yes. I'm like on the edge to of my seat listening to We're going to gay it forward. forward. You see it now even with the my kids. My kids are eight and four. My eight-year-old has no, like just the progress. These, these youth, they have no problem with non-binary, trans. Like it's, no, mom, that's, no, they're they. Mom, get it right. Like they have no, we are raising, you're right. This next generation that's going to take, we're going to pass the baton. They're going to take it and they're going to fly. And there's so many of us doing it because I do feel like we are the majority. And I think that the few that are in power are, are using their power to hold on to it, right? But there, there is hope. There is. And we have to remember that. But I have never been so fired up about politics since you know who was a, a president. Um, I have never cared about politics whatsoever. And now here it is. Now I care. We are in it. Yes. I got to tell you, I started caring with Clinton because he played a saxophone and I was young enough to be and I he was the first one I like got out and I did canvassing for in Kentucky, honey. But here's my big question on the I look at the political landscape and I've worked with and coached politicians. Why are we forgetting our history? Why don't we look at history and not just the history of the United States, but the history of empires that survive and thrive? We have models out there. We can take our democratic experiment, merge it with a model and be the greatest thing that ever happened on this planet. But it's almost a denier, a denial of anything that happened before 1776. It's so true. I mean, I don't know though. This is my theory. Um, I think it's intentional, mm. right? Oh, like, I didn't want that to be answered. I didn't want that answer. But also, our if if we are paying attention to our histories, we know how you control a people. Mm. First, you control information, right? Mm-hmm. And who has mm-hmm. access to it, right? What information is even allowed, and then who has access to that, right? We control right. bodies. Women's bodies in particular, right? So there's a control of who gets to make babies and control over who is physically free, right? Mm -hmm. So incarceration, Mm -hmm. internment camps, right? Like, and then who has access to the political system, right? Jim Mm. Crow laws, right? You pass a right to vote and then you find other ways to, to, to prevent people from participating, right? And so we're seeing all of that play out and, and, you know, for years, we've seen civics disappear. It's still today. I just saw a TikTok video. This lady was um, at the voting site to vote. I don't remember what state it was. She was sitting in her car and she was like, I've been here since 6 a.m. The machines aren't working. I'm mm. going to be working from my car. It was now three hours later. I'm going to yeah. work Ooh. from my car all day long until I can get in there and vote. Well, and, it, and then she was like, I've watched cars pull up and leave. Cars pull up and leave. And we need the vote in this district right here. Right. So mm-hmm. like. It's true. I mean, we I don't know if you saw the story in Florida where. Um, so a couple years ago in Florida, they repealed the lifetime ban on voting. Right. For returning citizens. So at one uh-huh. point in Florida, if you were convicted of a felony, you lost your right to vote forever. Right. That was yes. repealed. These folks were told you now have the right to vote. DeSantis had people arrested telling them, no, mm. you don't. Oh. No, you don't. Because it's not Florida. It's DeSantisville. I'm That's like, what I call it's uh, DeSantisville. Arizona. I don't understand it. A judge oh. literally had to make 
a ruling that says you can't display, hold weapons and stand in front of polling sites. Uh, <laughs> it's that, crazy. That has to be a like, you can't make this shit that up. You can't, you can't hold can't. And, and stand by in front of places with weapons. What? Yeah. What the? Can I say, and maybe this is a little uh, granola or, you know, what's that? A hippy dippy idea. I, I love a hippy dippy. I'm using all tree the hugger. wrong words. Tree. Maybe I'm a little tree <laughs> hugger, but it seems like everybody is so hurt. Our healthcare system is trash on trash on trash. So people can't even be okay. People are watching their loved ones die mm. for bullshit. Yep. Yet Coca-Cola makes more money in this country than anybody. You know what I mean? Like the producers of the stuff that's killing us. So maybe we need love. <laughs> I know that sounds so much. And I get, but like, how do we, I want to embrace Republicans. I want to reach across the table and not just in a fake ass way, but to really understand what are you mad about? But my own, the caveat to that is when I approach those human beings who are actually open to have a conversation, there's no, we can't agree on truth. So if we can't agree on truth, right? like if we can't say Independence Day is, you know, July 4th and you say no, where do we go? How do we do this without an agreement of truth? I mean, I, I don't think you're hippy dippy or whatever we're calling people who <laughs> are people who want love um, and care. I think it's necessary, and I don't. And it's not love actually in a, in a transactional or surface way, right? It is love of community, right? Mm -hmm. It is love of humanity. It is love of thriving, right? Mm -hmm. It is. It is a it is a deeper love than I think many of us know how to do. Like, we're lucky if we love ourselves, mm. you know? We're oh, lucky yeah. if we've experienced love from, from someone who knows us well, parents, right? Grandparents, lovers, children. Mm -hmm. But what does it mean to deeply love and find the beauty and potential of humans that you don't even know just mm. humanity adrian marie brown for me is always mm. a teacher around that like what does that sound like what does it look what does it look like what does it feel like what does it smell like like what happens in your body when you mm. see somebody you don't know and you're like damn i i love you and I have those moments, right? I'm, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I am nobody's like teacher of this. And I have these moments where I'll see queer people. I'll see black people or I'll see women or I'll see. And I'll be like, oh, I love my people. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so we yeah. know it. Like, yes. we, like it's a it's a moment where mm -hmm. it's like, we, and how do we hold that? Right. How it's do we that feel look it? across the street at how each other? Like, it? I see you. Yeah. Expand And it. how do we grow it for people who have done Badly. Mm -hmm. So my son, during the trunk days, I try not to say the official name. He came to me. He said, I hate Donald Chunk. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. Why do you hate him? I said, do not hate somebody arbitrarily because I do. Figure your stuff out. You have the Internet. Go. So he came back to me. He said, I hate him because what he's doing to Mexican people in the border. But he doesn't do oh, that to the white see. people in Canada. And I'm like. There you go. Now you got a reason. But I also try to teach him not to hate. And so during that, I was really asking myself, I don't hate Chunk. I just, I would love to sit in a room with Chunk and say, 
what's going on, baby? Like, who hurt you? And do you know that you're hurting a lot of people, honey? We can't keep doing this. You are very powerful. I'm sitting here shaking in my boots at you, Chunky. What can we do? How can we work this out? I won't tease your kids. I won't make fun of your wife. I won't do none of that. You don't make fun of me. Don't take away my rights. Don't treat me and other black, brown people, women, queers, like second-class citizens. Can we work this out, Chunky? But we might not be able to work it out, right? And that's... Uh. And that's not especially about with the history that person shows. Well, and hey, mm. like it's the difference between like we get to choose to expend energy in particular ways. I can spend time hating on Chunk, or I can spend time loving the people he is invisibilizing, viewing mm. hate mm. to creating, making it harder to live and thrive. I can spend time loving them in an yeah. active way that can mm. shift and change the dynamic and quality of life for those people, right? Not because it's, we can't change other people. I can't, That's I'm what, not, I don't wanna spend, I don't yeah. wanna expend energy on somebody who's not going nowhere. I hate what he's doing to my people. I hate that we have to be subject to this shit. And I have a choice mm. to tap into the love I have for my people and figure out how I want to focus that and, mm. and channel mm. that so that that love is seen and felt and grows and creates change. Mm. Amen. Yes. Let's talk about let's talk about something good that happened in the election. Like a lot of LGBTQ folks have been elected. So yes, many. Absolutely. I a mean, lot of non-white folks. State I mean, not legislatures into Union Congress. County Township, especially. Yep. Mm -hmm. We had some really important wins. We reelected our board of uh, Ed, and she's a fabulous black woman with great ideals is working together and she won by 12 points in the last election this time 5600 point hey Whoa. and i'm walking into my community because I, I grew it. up in union county and i'm looking in the room where they used to bring me in as the student who had good grades and could speak well and i was the only little black child in there and i was like hello my name is and there were no black people in the room there was like two women and they were taking notes. Mm. And now the room is a sea of diversity. And I'm like, oh, look at my little town. Wow. So it's changing yeah. very slowly. And there's still a lot of bullshit, politic and games to play. But, and it's not gonna happen in my lifetime, but it is changing and giving me a little hope. And then I have the kid who's saying, you know, maybe I should do politics. And I'm like, well, we did name you after the president. Well, Barack. <laughs> to me, there's one president. It's just Barack. So there's hope. It. There's hope. There is the hope. The youth are going to change the world, and we're watching it A unfold. Ashe. Ashe. All right, folks. As you know, we talk a lot about how expensive these paths to parenthood could be, especially if you're a member of the queer community, like you most likely are if you're listening to this. And if you're one of the lucky folks who've got a high credit score, we know not everybody does, but if you do, you have more power than you think. We've heard that now is the time to leverage that score to consolidate your debt before interest rates get too high. You can pay off your credit cards faster with a low fixed rate loan from Lightstream. A credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream can help you pay off your credit cards and lock in a low fixed interest rate. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply, which is pretty awesome, if you ask me. And just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com OCT. 
That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash O-C-T. Disclaimer, subject to credit approval, rates range from 7.99% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash OCT for more information. Go ahead and do it. There you go. Should we talk more about yeah. love? Kiara love and like your family? Can we segue? Let's get I don't into know. it. This is my segue hand. I like the segue hand. Since Ooh. this is the Queer Families podcast, let's <laughs> Tell us about talk your about queer... your journey to yeah. parenthood. Let's OMG. do this. Um, or maybe we should start back. You're, your love. You're, you're queering out. <laughs> my queering out. Is that my yeah. coming out story? Is that what's yes. happening? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That's cute. My queering <laughs> out. I'm making all this shit up on the spot. I don't have We're going to have to start <laughs> trademarking this shit. No, I was like, there should be a dictionary. Just start <laughs> all the words, like like the urban dictionary yes. that we like create. Just start putting the them. The queer dictionary. Yes, let's the do it. The queer dictionary. The queer dictionary. Oh my God. Um, long story short, I, I was... <laughs> I told my my kid this story. I was like, dude, I was straight until I was like not. I wasn't <laughs> even in the closet. I, I just was like, no, I'm straight. And I am the best ally ever. Of course, I'll do hours <laughs> at the LGBTQ Resource Center. Of course, mm-hmm. I'll write, write an op-ed about Black, like, queer history that we shouldn't forget. Of course, I will do, like, I will leaflet for the gay, like, gala. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm doing all, like, surrounding myself by the queers. And my boyfriend is like, do you think you might be queer? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm straight. <laughs> and then I was not straight. And I, I met, the, met this woman at a, at a reproductive justice conference, actually. Of course, as and you do. was like, Oh, oh, okay. Something happened. My mom was the first person I came out to. Oh, wow. I was so stressed out. I was in the airport leaving this place. I got stranded in Denver. And I was like, don't be mad. I need you to listen to me. Don't judge me. She's like, okay, what? And I was like, well, I think I like this girl. And she's like, okay. I was like, no, no, no. Like I like my, (laughs) like I've liked my boyfriends. And she's like, okay. And I was like, so what am I? Am I, am I, am I bi? Am I a lesbian? Is this just a phase? I was like, I just told you. And she's like, do you have to know now? Like, do you have oh, to? Oh, mama. Yes. Right? I was like, no, uh, no, I guess there's not a test or like a dissertation mm. that is due <laughs> on my. That comes 25 years You know, later. and <laughs> it was, she was so great about it. Like, she was like, wow. do you have friends? Are there books? Are there people you can talk to on campus? I was like, totally. Because. I'm the Uber ally, or I was until now. And so I've got all those people in my world. Um, My dad didn't take it so well. I was such a daddy's girl too. Um, My dad was, it was, my dad passed away, but he was 41 years older than me. Mm. And the first thing he said to me when I told him was, did something happen to you? Mm. So in his mind, something, I want to be with women because something bad happened to me with men. And then he went to, what did I do wrong? Right? Like it became mm. like, I didn't show up as a father, right? Like that right. was the, where he went. So, you know, it took some time, but um, I, 
I was in a relationship with this woman. We ended up getting married. We're divorced now and still really awesome. Yay! Oh, I don't mean yay. I'm divorced too. Sorry. I just, when I meet other divorced people and Black, but with gay, I'm like, so with gay, but with gay and Black. Because we, we did it hella queer and hella Black. I want to know, how old were you when you came out? 21. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he turned a corner and he shifted and he spoke at our wedding and was like, Aww. they changed my mind and they changed my heart. And I was oh, like okay. blubbering and snot pouring out of my face. And But what was even more powerful for me, so even after that, the two of us sat down and talked and he told me about how ashamed he was of his own homophobia and how that mm. played out when he was younger and in the military. And for me, that was the... I think that is the hardest thing for people to like come to terms with, like the pain that they've caused that they may mm. never know, right? On other yeah, people right. when someone right. they love is also queer, right? Mm. And and so for me, I'm like, if a 70-something-year-old Black man can evolve and get to this mm. place, then there's a lot of, I, I got a lot of grace and patience for the evolution of a lot of people, right? Like mm. I can I can hold that down. So that's my queering out story. Oh my God. I okay. Love and you it. got married at what age? Do you I mind? I was in my early thirties. I had my 12 year old. So that was what? 30. I was 34 when I got okay. pregnant okay. the first time. So a couple years before that. So, um, so how, how did that come about? So you get married and then, and, and y'all decided to have kids. I'm assuming. So I was so ambivalent about kids. Y'all I was so not that person. I was not <laughs> like, I have a friend who was like, when we were 19, she was like, I'm going to get married and this is going to be the color of my dress and I'm going to have okay. a kid and I'm going to name them this and I'm going to name them this. I'm like, I don't think it works like that, but I mean, I, I don't know, Holmes. Like, do they get any decision making in this process? I was the complete opposite. I was like, I'm going to have a badass career. I'm going to have a lover in every city and every country across the world. If kids come, great. I'll put them in a backpack and take them yeah. with me. Like that's right. 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 <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I just, uh-huh. And I met this woman. I was organizing and she was a cop. It was my second job. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the body shop in Georgetown. It's by myself. She walks in. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, good Lord Jesus. What just happened? Who just walked in here? And it was, she asked me on a, out on a date on Christmas Eve. And the rest was history. I was like, we dated proposal in puerto rico a bit of a u-haul situation i got married and then i was like i'm babies Uh, whatever about babies we had a conversation about babies and she was like you know what i love our life i could take it or leave it and you know depending on what you want to do but i'm i I would love to have kids with you and i'd be really cool if we don't and i was like oh my god i want to have babies with you so bad now Child, we want babies so bad. I feel like almost every woman I've ever been in a serious relationship, we have talked about, oh my God, are we making a baby right now? No, we are not. <laughs> but we talked. I was like, good. The minute she was like, I don't care and it's up to you, I was like, this is the sexiest thing I've ever heard. Yes, babies. I think I'm ovulating right now. Yes, go. Go get the thingy oh thing. Oh my God. Go get the squeezer thing. Oh my God. So how did you guys do it? We went to the California Cryobank. Mm-hmm. California Cryobank. They got all the babies. Right here, shout we out did to too. Cali Cryo. We did too. Shout yep. out. And used um, a fertility clinic in Virginia. 
Mm -hmm. Dominion, I think it was, was called. And, um, yeah, it was a trip. I, it was so funny with both of the kids. Um, you know, they tell you, this is how long it's going to take, like blah, 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 mm -hmm. on average, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, and I'm a planner, right? So I'm like, mm -hmm. I've got, right, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. This is how it will be. And then I get this call. I'm in, the, I'm in the middle of a staff meeting. I was an executive director in another organization and I stepped out and she goes, hi, Ms. Johnson. Um, I've got some great news for you. You're pregnant. Oh. I was like, I'm sorry, but you said it was going to take on average for four months. And she, she pauses. She's oh like, God. yes, but you're pregnant. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, right. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Thank, uh, thank you so much. I was like, <laughs> I love all of it. I what it. is happening? Like you just went through a process, like, and you're still blown. Like, you're like, mm. what? Like it right. came out of left field, like everything. Because you so believe them at IUI? their word. Yeah. Was it IUI? It was an IUI. Uh -huh. Wow. So first your first try. shot. Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, we talk to a lot. That's like there, there have been interviews we've done with people who are like in the process or about to start the process. And they're always like, well, we're trying to plan it so that, my, you know, my wife has a long vacation through the summer. So we're <laughs> trying to plan it so that the baby comes in the summer. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, huh? and then this is like your first lesson in parenting that you don't get to plan shit no anymore. you control nothing. over you really control Make all the plans you want and it's watch all them done. all get destroyed but the, you know exactly. it prepares you for life with them right so it really right. Does. it's right. like yeah right. this is just the first of many plans so and you used you used um donor sperm did you how what was what was it like choosing your donor we talk about this a lot like it turns yeah. into the search for superman there it you go it was really weird so <laughs> i was in the middle of a campaign <laughs> I was in the middle of a campaign <laughs> to get regulation around egg donation. Oh, no. Oh, in what? the middle of it. I Whoa. work with researchers. I am talking to women who have been donors for more times than they're like scientifically supposed to be. I've oh. been in with women who have been denied and they think it's because of race. I've been in, you know, I mean, we're in ethical oh, conversations shit. about, you know, do you pay? Do you not pay? How much do you pay? Who decides? Who does the genetic material belonged. I am in it. My wife at the time was so over me. She was like, can we just get, can we just, can you not, can this not be a work? Can this not be an ex a work experiment? And I'm like, it can't, it can't, it can't not be a work experiment because I'm in it. Like it's just, right, right. so I'm going through these things and I'm like, I feel like I'm ordering jeans on the Gap website. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. what wash mm -hmm. do you want? What size yeah. do you want? You know, do you want distressed or do you, right? Like, I was like, oh my God, this is bananas. And so, I mean, we, we got to a place, you know, it, it forced us to talk a lot, right? About the things like the, and there were things that came up that I think I, not, I think I know I was surprised about. Like, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do this, this, and this, but there's a certain amount of meds, right, that I'm not going to take, right? Or mm -hmm. I might try once and then I'm done. Because I'd learn, you know, right. you learn too damn much, right? Yep. So, I, you know, I was really clear about my boundaries there. Um, she got really stuck on wanting to have a son. And I was like, oh, so it doesn't work like that. <laughs> well, it can, it can now, but I'm it. not doing that. So it's right. not going to work like that. <laughs> Right. And what's up with that? And she goes, I, 
I just want someone to throw the football around with. And I was like, you mean like you wanted your dad to do with you? Mm. Oh. And there's that. And it was just a really powerful moment for us to talk about our own expectations and how we bring our heteronormativity into even queer, into our queer relationships and into our parenting. Like, it was like, damn. I mean, you're talking my story right now because I wanted a boy more than anything because I had such a hard, I've had such a hard relationship with my mom. And I was like, you know what? I just need to not have mother daughter issues. I'm going to have a boy. I started visualizing this kid when I was like a teenager. I was like, it's going to be a boy. It's good. So when we found out she was pregnant and we were about to give up too. We, I, we were like, ah, let's just go and live a fabulous life in Italy or wherever. And then, of course, our last try, IUI, she got pregnant. But um, I had to really dig into my issues about why I wanted a boy. I mean, I got one, so, you know, it worked out. But yeah, <laughs> And then here you are, you're non-binary. Right. So then there's also the gen... Like, this is the thing we talk about time yeah. and time again. We, queer folks, when it comes to family planning and family making, we, are, we have to be so intentional and we have to have these real yes. conversations with the people that we're making the babies with. We go Indeed. deep. We discover we shit about each other that sometimes ends in divorce, right? We just, yeah. you know, we go Indeed. deep. How old is your first? 12. So I've got a 12-year-old. Oh. I, I gave birth to a, to a now 12-year-old and now 5-year-old. And my, my current partner has a 15-year-old. So I get to be a oh. bonus mom to a daughter, which was awesome. really funny. So that when the doctor was like, oh, you're having a boy, I was like, I'm no, um, <laughs> nope. I'm pretty sure we're not having a boy because I had, you I, had a plan. I had dreams. I, I had these dreams that I was having a boy, and I was like, dreams are never right, right? It's always <laughs> something not what you're dreaming. So mm-hmm. I was convinced I was having a girl. I was like, I'm yeah. the oldest girl of a crew. My mom's the oldest girl. My grandma's the oldest girl of eleven. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna keep this oldest girl thing going. <laughs> yeah, no. Had two no. boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And two. And two. the second one, did it happen just as easily? And was it the same donor? Same thing. And the nurse called me to tell me I'm pregnant with the second one. They're seven years apart, almost seven years. And she, she's whispering. She was like, girl, you are fertile Myrtle. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were joking about it in there. I was like, I'm probably not going to get pregnant, but blah, 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 blah. Although women do have children late in my family. And then first try again. Wow. I was 40. Wow. Wow. And you went to California cryobank. So you started trying around 09 and 2010 when they had maybe six black people. Okay. So they had, yeah, that's when we started looking. Yep. So we, they had like six to seven black men and then three of those had PhD and were like close to six feet or over. Yep. Um, we could have the same donors. Who knows? It is really possible. <laughs> it is really possible. <laughs> could you imagine? No. For, oh my God. I mean, these days. I'm scared to tell you the number. I mean, when they start doing, um, <laughs> what is it? Ancestry.com and they got 52 yeah. siblings. There's no. <laughs> it stresses me out. I'm not even yeah. going to lie. It is. I have like woken up in a sweat like, mm. Oh God, are they gonna hate me? Like because they got fifty-two siblings now? Like <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't find it like people ask all the time, did I have was I stressed out about telling them like these things? And I really wasn't. Like 
one of the best things a therapist told me was answer the question the kids are asking. Yes. Don't project more onto it than what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great, I needed to hear that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Thank time Peach asked me where he came from, I was like, you came from love. I was like, me and your mom were so in love and we wanted to, to have more love. And that's where he mm-hmm. came from. He was like, oh, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Now he's 12. Yeah. You know what answer doesn't work anymore? That one. So right, yeah. like, you evolve with their mm-hmm. questions. Like they start to ask really specifically like what, what they want to know based on yeah. where they are developmentally, right? Like, so it's like answer the question and stop putting all your baggage on them yeah. and you'll be right. fine. And have the story for them. And the questions that they have are nothing like, I keep thinking my son wants to sit down and have a cup of hot chocolate and really talk (laughs) about the origin story. He's not there. I got to chill the fuck out. He'll be there. Maybe when he's 35, we can do that. But I keep wanting to talk because I'm so excited to tell him, even though I'm divorced, like we were totally in love. We wanted you so bad. We were singing and clapping and praising God, had gospel music on, crying on the floor when we found out like... You were wanted. And he's like, cool, Ma, can I go and no, play Roblox? Right. So that's the thing. That's the thing that um, Lisa, the therapist, the therapist we've talked to who deals with a lot of adoptive families and uh-huh. has adoptive kids of her, their own. There's this theory in the adoptive community called drop the seed theory. So you're always dropping the seeds of the origin story just right. in conversation. And the children will pick up what it's they're so ready true. to take. It's you so know? true. And, and there's resources out there. There's books you can buy that that you can read, like for a five year old, about how two two moms can create a family. They have them tailored to every possible yeah, situation. Really you know, there's so many ways for us to talk about our families, and our fa- our kids show up in the world like really well informed about yep. all they of sure this do. Stuff. They yeah. sure do. Are you co-parenting happily, healthfully, and successfully? think so um so i'm in a relationship now with a trans man gender queer depending on the day um and they have a 15 year old daughter who's here every other week um who i adore amazing my ex-wife so this is really a trip um so after the divorce i got Mm -hmm. the sperm in the divorce and Mm. I was, I was single. We were, you know, co-parenting. It had gotten better. So you I, only had the one at this point? I only had the one. Oh, okay. And okay. I was like, my, my dad passed away. And then all of a sudden I was inspired. I was like, I need to have another baby. Because <laughs> my dad died. I, maybe I needed a, a beat, but you know, it's okay. Um, we do things. We do things. We Morning do things. is very interesting. So it was inspired. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm a strong black queer woman. I can do this. Like I am, you know, I got this. I don't need no nobody. I can do this. <laughs> anyway, got pregnant again. First trimester is over. And I'm like, I guess I got to start telling people that I'm pregnant. So I, <laughs> two things. One, I was dating this woman and it was not going well anyway. And I was like, you want to go have a drink? So we go sit down at the bar. I'm having, I don't know, sparkling water, just having a wine. And I was like, so I, let's talk about why this didn't work out. I'm good. We're cool. And I just want to let you know I'm pregnant. And she's like, <laughs> I was like, I know it's weird because if you were a dude, you'd ask, is it mine? But right. it's not. <laughs> it's not. But you know, that's a pickup line for lesbians, right? You want to get a woman quick? 
go pregnant to somebody and go to the club pregnant and say to some lesbian who's looking, I'm pregnant, I'm single, I'm not, this is not from a, you know, a male person, but the male energies. That is the sexiest thing to lesbians. Oh my too. God. I could it is crazy. Just see her face like, I don't even know. Like, are you asking How? for something? I was like, no, I'm not. I just <laughs> wanted to let you know because the next time you see me, you're going to be like, holy crap. Then I this told my ex-wife. This is one ex-wife, of my new favorite stories ever, actually. <laughs> ever, That's a movie. Ever. That's a movie. So I told my ex-wife. Oh. She did cried. she know you were using the sperm? Nobody knew anything. You just did it. <laughs> my therapist yep. was like, wow, you just committed and then rolled. Um, <laughs> she was like, okay. And she was like, same donor. I'm like, yes. Uh-huh. She was like, can you just keep Patron shots coming? She's like, she's like taking <laughs> shots. I'm like drinking orange juice or whatever. Um, and, and I was like, look. I fully expect you to have some relationship with this kid mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to trap you. Right. Like I'm, I right. fully, you know, let's have a conversation about it. Like what, what feels right to you, what feels good. So time goes by. She's like, can we talk? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I really want to co-parent the second kid with you. Oh, wow. Aww. I mean, it was all afterwards, but at first I was like, but that yeah. means more time. Mm. having to engage (laughs) in this really like you're gonna have a like you're probably gonna have a person soon eventually like i'm gonna have a person soon eventually is that weird but it's genius it's genius because you get time like in the beginning it was hard for me to share time with my son now i'm like in acapulco every other weekend i'm not literally in acapulco but i have time and he's well taken care of, regardless, you know. It's a big of, old village, right? It's mm. a village, yeah. We were good. It was like, we're like, I was like, okay, let's do it. And explaining it to people Aww. is always super fun, but. It's such a, I mean, this is a movie. How come you haven't sold this? This is a movie. This is a movie. Because it's beautiful because they are biologically siblings. Yep. They have the same birth parents. Yep. I mean, it's just yep. fucking beautiful. And it's amazing. the youngest one has the same birthday as my current partner. Whoa. Wow. I mean, the birthday was fascinating. All the kids were at the house. I go into labor. Best friend takes me in an Uber to the hospital. It's so DC. I'm in an Uber. (laughs) I'm like, this baby is about to plop. Before that, I'm walking around. It's a Friday night. I'm seeing friends at the bar Mm -hmm. like, hey, y'all, I got to keep walking. I'm in labor. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I'm good. And then he like got situated and it was like luge time. Oh, my God. My friend takes me to the hospital. My ex-wife is on the way. Ex-wife and new partner and the new all the this kids. is the new partner that has the two kids i have the two now i have the she, two they have the one. they have the one okay so everybody's there at the everybody's hospital. at the hospital yes <laughs> everybody it. it's like a I whole it. situation wow so, it's possible so it's challenging right like i sure. mean it's a lot to navigate and and i and i am a, a gemini and i'm my grandmother's daughter and so sometimes like i don't I'm not like as as attentive, right, to people's things, right? I'm like all the, all the parents involved. You mean? Yeah, and, and I'm right. a highly emotional person, but I, my my default is tactical, right? It's strategic mm, right. and tactical. I'm like, who needs to be here? Who needs to do what? What is the information to keep the machine moving? But there are all these feelings, right, like that are happening, including my own, right? Mm-hmm. 
And right. sometimes I'm not so good at tending to that, but the good part is they tell me. They're yeah, really great go. at telling me. There you go. Absolutely. So you go. that's helpful. Your family sounds beautiful. I know. They're like dope. I want to come to DC and They're visit. They're so dope. They're so that's dope. wonderful. I just want have one more question, and I know you can't yeah. speak for your your current partner right now, but you said he's a trans man, and I'm just curious: did he give birth to the child? Such a great question. Um, they have a fantastic like story to um, now. That would be an interesting story See, this for is you. Like all. we need to bring your no, husband. I mean, true. So your partner, your my partner, partner, right? So their kid used their egg. Mm-hmm. The same sperm donor as the the kid that their then partner had, uh-huh. and uh-huh. then his partner carried basically was a surrogate, so re- like reciprocal reciprocal IVF kind of. I've never heard that, but sure. So they took <laughs> they took your partner's egg and put it into their partner. Yes, and then yeah, used and the okay. donor of the other kid. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Reciprocal yeah. IVF. Reciprocal IVF. Yeah. Jamie and this podcast has taught me so much <laughs> as far as terminology. So many things we and, can do. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Really, really. I can't even imagine. I mean, not to get humdrum about it, but I, but I think the love that comes from being able to decide. Mm. how, when, with who, how many mm. kids is so paramount. It's so critical. It's so mm-hmm. evident. Yes. And that is the reason why, right, we are targeted, right? Mm. When you look at the, the mm. things that are happening at state mm-hmm. legislatures, yeah. they are coming for single women mm. and queer couples. Yeah, because we have the the most ultimate control, right? It's like the most ultimate, right? Mm. Like when you think about like family, love, life, like givers of family, love, life, community, Mm. there's the opportunity, right? Like if there's the space for it to make those decisions like Mm -hmm. in spades. And I think there's a real fear around that mm. right because one so many people don't have right. it or believe it but when you produce this kind of love over and over again right it's we're creating a love army and i think they're we afraid are. of the love army yes a we queer are, love army yes. you've given Kiara, us a lot to think about kiara like we could talk all night this is like, that's this is, deep though that's deep that and we are raising these kids to go out there and make this world better. And I think that that's kind of yeah. like the bottom line of this episode. Like we're creating these out of the box families, these out of the box situations and the world's about to be better. That's, yeah. that's, what, I, that's what we have to believe, yep. right? But with, gay, but with but gay, with gay, but with gay. <laughs> Kiara, thank you so very much for your time and oh your energy God. and your information. <laughs> Oh my God, this is wonderful. Oh, so good. Thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. It's so, so, so fun. Thank you. We're so grateful. Yeah. Oh, damn. I love Kia. Oh my gosh. So knowledgeable. So, so funny. Good. Just, it was just a lot. Really it was so smart. Real, right? <laughs> oh, 
It was. <laughs> I'm just glad we were able to hold our own. It's <laughs> like the epic amazingness that just happened. Also, I just also love that she was just like, you know what? I'm going to have a yeah, baby myself. And did it. And, <laughs> and then her wife it. jumping yeah. in. Or ex-wife. The ex. Oh, I child. know. Yeah. That was deep. I know. What a story. Our families are the are bomb. Our That's families what I have to are say bomb. about that. We and the fact so that bomb. she stepped up, even though they weren't together and they're coping. Like, honey, it also it's means, beautiful. says a lot about their character. Because uh. I can't say that I would do the same with my ex-wife situation. Mm, Very interesting. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I would either. Honestly, I don't know. That takes a really yeah. big person, huh? Yeah. Wow. I love it. Well, listen, if you if you like this show and you love our beautiful families and you want to represent these beautiful families, you should head to our shop and get some If These Ovaries Could Talk, the Queer Families podcast merchandise, especially because the holidays boop, 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 are coming. Boop. We have all kinds of merch, and this is the perfect time to get it. Get it on the holiday. Mm-hmm. So many designs. And you can put those designs on any product in the store. So T-shirts, mugs, notebooks. Face masks, you know, hoodies, laptop cases. Go to the link in our Instagram mm-hmm. page to get to the store. And once you get to the store, buy lots of stuff. Buy stuff. Buy the stuff. Just go ahead. Go buy the stuff. And don't forget, you can also buy the book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family, that I wrote with my former co-host, Robin Hopkins. That yep. book is still out there. You still can get it. It's a beautiful, like, little addition to the podcast. And you get to hear some really awesome stories in the book as well. So Can I recommend that to the non-queers? Non-queers who are really trying to be allies, get the book. Read the book. book. Listen to how the stories are families. And you probably are from or in a family. So it relates to you. Yeah, it it relates to everybody. All these stories relate to everybody. This doesn't have to just be the niche queer people. It's everyone. It's for everyone. And then don't forget to join us on Patreon and help us create this super important queer content. It's so important. Representation matters so much. Head to patreon.com slash ovaries talk to sign up for Patreon and get that bonus content. Head on over to our social media, ovaries talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube and the TikToks. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Lightstream. Lightstream is the nation's premier online consumer lender, and they offer low-interest fixed-rate loans from $5,000 to $100,000 for practically any purpose. Yes. Huge thank you to all of you who are already our Patreoners. That was... I make up words. <laughs> yeah, who are helping I us like make it. this show. We thank yes. and appreciate you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. Without further ado... Adieu. Adieu. Eggs. Eggs. Ovaries. Ovaries. Out. out. We're out. We're out. Ovaries out. If these ovaries could talk, they would say. Eggs, ovaries out.